Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Trent McWicket is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin, but it's McWicket four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend. On the outside, bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and one. Homeward bound in Gold Cup and Soccer, 59. Somewhere, Penty, rocking in heaven. Rose Run Quest is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Sharton start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Sharton digging deep. Sharton's going to dig in here and get the win here. Sharton up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Giddy-up. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing post-time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy-up! Don't touch that dial. You've got another action-packed rendition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich live from the Post Time with Mike and Mike Studios in Columbus, Ohio. And Mike, I tell you what an action-packed show we have. But first, let's talk about the upset of uh, of the year thus far. Woodside Charm defeated at Hoosier Park Race Day Casino last night. Yeah, you know, it was her first start of the year, Mike. I mean, uh, she set the tempo from post position number eight and uh, 27 to 156, 24 and four. And she got uh, beat by the pocket sitter. She was 40 cents on the dollar. Grand Swan was the clear second favorite in that particular race. So I don't know how much we want to put into it. I mean, obviously, uh, we expect her to step forward as the year goes on. So, you know, I, I don't know what if there's anything at all we can take out of that at this point. What an action-packed show we have as we talk to the Buckeye, David Miller, Mike, and lots of uh, lot, lots of people are going to probably be checking this interview out, not just for the Sun State Saturday program, but we got some knockdown drag-out fans uh, sitting out there. 
Yeah, she qualified here on Tuesday at Harris, Philadelphia. Very sharp qualifier. She looked very good. First chance that, I just, uh, that I've had to see her. She's a two-year-old Philly trotter. And uh, I'll tell you what, she almost beat the Norton Shoemaker starting vehicle right out of there. She looked very good, <laughs> especially leaving the gate. And you know what was uh, more impressive? And if you want to check it out, Here's a cheap plug. We've been doing this for the last couple of weeks on Facebook Live. Uh, qualifiers from the gate at Harris, Philadelphia. And you can go to my Facebook page and check it out. It's race 11 from this past Tuesday. And for those of you that don't know, here at Harris, Philly, we take the two-year-olds one time around before we start them. And uh, she was right on the gate. I mean, the whole <laughs> time. I mean, right on the gate the whole time. I don't think I've ever seen a horse so close with their nose on the gate for that long period of time. And, and, uh, you know, if you want to see what I'm talking about, you can check it out on my Facebook page, but, um, she looked very good, Mike. And uh, we're going to talk to Dave Miller about that. Plus the legends day, he had a chance to participate in legends day. So he's been a busy guy over the past couple of days. And of course he'll be busy coming up on Saturday. What a great card it is at the downs of Mohegan sun Pocono. We've got the trifecta, from the Downs of Mohegan Sun, Pocono, their fine track announcer, Jim Baviglia, their fine race secretary, Rick Kane, and their fine racing marketing director, Jen Starr. And uh, they're going to join us and uh, preview the big, big day and night of racing coming up on Saturday. Plus, our good friend, Ayers Ratliff's joining us, Mike. And, you know, we've had Ayers on the show plenty of times, but this is the first time that we've ever had him on live where we've both been here. But this is true. We might have to give him uh, give him give him a hard time. He really so likes us is... today. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His uh, pockets are doing pretty well. But uh, so we'll talk. We'll talk to uh, we'll talk to us about the Cleveland Classic. I'll tell you what that is coming up at Northfield Park this weekend, and that is a nice race. Yeah, it, the $175,000 Cleveland Trotting Classic. It features Marion Marauder, who will attempt to become. The first trotter to win uh, the win the race not only twice but in back to back back to back seasons. So be interesting to see what happens there. Marion Marauder draws post number five. It is a fantastic race, full of talented trotters. Yeah, it certainly is. So we're going to talk to Ayers about that. But we're gonna we're not going to wait too much longer. We're going to get this show started. Uh, by the way, real quick, uh, Jim Pansy uh, looked very good on Tuesday. I thought at Yonkers. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, and and Garnett put this up on Facebook, Garnett Barnsdale. I really enjoy reading Frank Drunker's articles. Say again? I said, I really enjoy reading Frank Drunker's articles. Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Especially when you get the line, you know, the the lines like that. I mean, you you don't run into lines like that at all, uh, just not anymore. And you know, to come up with uh, creativity like that, it yeah, that took some thought. It certainly did. But but I mean, even even just a, a regular feature, you know. I mean, I mean, Frank Frank's got a different twist to it. I, I kind of enjoy reading Frank Drunker's stuff. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Jim Panzi, and boy, I'll tell you what, that trifecta that Marcus Melander has, holy moly. And uh, two of them are going to be in action coming up on Sunstake Saturday. And uh, I'll tell you what, you talk about a three-headed monster headed full steam towards the Hamiltonian. 
Yeah, for sure. Jim Panzi and the rest of the Melander gang are set and ready to go. And, you know, Jim Panzi went to the New York Sire Stakes. You're going to see the other two in action at the Downs at Mohegan Sun, Pocado. And, Mike, how about Green Shoe and just how mm. good this horse has kind of come back? Uh, we have heard it that uh, I believe he's going back to Sweden after the Hambo. That's Green Manalishi that's going back to Sweden, ah, Green I believe. Manalishi. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's what Marcus said. It. Yeah, he looked good in his first start of the year, and they draw 1-2 in the Earl Beal. So we're going to talk to uh, our guys at Pocono about that. We had some good racing coming up on Saturday, and we're not going to uh, wait any longer. When we come back, we're going to have the trifecta from the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono, Jim Bavilia, Rick Kane, and Jen Starr. You've got both time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by the trifecta of members of the Downs at Mohegan Sun, Pocono, Rick Kane, Jim Baviglia, and Jen Starr. How are we doing this morning, guys? Hey, how are you? All right. My first question is uh, my first question is for Mr. Baviglia. Jim, who are the Rolling Stones? <laughs> well, you know, I was going to joke that clearly Bozich picked the lead-in music because you wouldn't know who Jackson Brown was. So, so what are we what are we going to do? <laughs> well, guys, guys, listen, you guys have a fantastic uh, stakes card coming up this Saturday, and my first question is for Rick Kane. And Rick, you, it takes a lot from the racing office to kind of put these things together. Talk about what it's like to kind of put uh, not only just one stakes race together, but four and getting all the horses and getting everything prepared and uh, putting it all together. Well, that was a concept that I originally uh, put together for an event down at uh, 
my old uh, trek in uh, Chester, Pennsylvania. It was called Super Stakes Saturday. And uh, you highlight different categories and you put them all in one night instead of like, you know, separate nights. And uh, it, it adds more to the uh, excitement to have all in one night. Let's throw this next question to Jen Starr because obviously there'll be lots going on on Saturday. Uh, the great, great races, uh, great horses, big purses. I mean, this as harness racing fans is what we live for, right, Jen? Absolutely, and there's nothing like seeing racing live on track. So that's one thing we want to mention to everybody listening. Come out to the track and witness it live. And I'm pretty sure on Saturday this is one night that you it's okay to be green with envy over an absolutely spectacular racing card and a night that's full of great events for all the fans. That's right. And, uh, you know, listen, hopefully the weather will be good. And, uh, you know, because we know the action will be hot on the racetrack. Jim, let's turn to you. Let's talk a little bit about some of the horses that you had a chance to see in the eliminations. And we're going to start on the James uh, Lynch Memorial $300,000. It's race night on the program. And where were you, Butte? I mean, she just continues to impress. She's won four or five this year, 149 and one on the season. And it's safe to say that she has certainly picked up right where she left off as a two-year-old. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I mean, we saw her last year at the Breeders' Crown. Uh, it was just fantastic. And she avenged the one loss that she had to Treacherous Rain. Um, the one thing about the finals, though, it's always a little bit different. I think, you know, the eliminations can give horses kind of a false sense of security because, you know, in that case, uh, we View didn't have to go that hard to win that elimination for her. I mean, a lot of horses, 150 and change is, is their career best. But for her, uh, she wasn't really used that hard. That's a good thing because she should come back strong but the final is going to be very different because you're going to see a lot of horses going all out trying to get to the engine making moves uh so it is going to be interesting to see she's got a good post position but it'll be interesting to see can she avoid getting blocked in can she avoid not going too hard on the front end Uh, i don't think that'll be a walkover for her she's definitely the favorite but there's a lot of good horses in that field Jim, what surprises, if any, uh, did you see in the eliminations? Obviously, we saw some pretty big efforts, and Lather Up fighting back on McWicked was kind of impressive. What to you, though, kind of stuck out from eliminations night? Yeah, the, 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 you mentioned the, the lather up was, was so impressive because, yes, you know, he got to the half in a very slow fraction, so that gave him the opportunity to do that. But still, to see him come back and pass McWicked, um, you know, that, that just – once McWicked takes the lead like that, in my head I'm thinking, well, that's – you know, it's curtains, it's over. So, so that was a big one. Um, I think some of the three-year-old Philly eliminations were a bit surprising. A couple of the uh, the horses that uh, won the first couple eliminations, uh, maybe not that not too highly regarded, even though they came from the Tony Alanya barn. So I think that makes this one a hard uh, one to handicap. And I think the Lynch also. The Lynch felt like it was wide open going in. Uh, Proof's performance was really impressive, and so that kind of makes him a solid favorite. But the other two horses who won uh, Shake That House, Captain Victorious, were also excellent. And I think that field's wide open. And then, you know, you get to the Beal, and, and everybody's waiting to see if they can trip up green shoes somehow. But, but I don't know if that's a possibility. 
Now, Jen, let's throw this next question at you. And uh, listen, you've been talking about Green the whole time, so I'm thinking you're referring to the dynamic duo of Green Shoe and Green Man Alicia. Are these the two that, uh, in your opinion, have uh, really stepped out and have uh, caught your eye? Unbelievable. I'm I'm amazed. Was that question for me or for Jim? That was for you, Jen. Oh, okay. I wanted to make sure I didn't overstep over Jim Bavilia. I'm just amazed by the greens, uh, green Manalishi and green shoe. Um, I'm still amazed by green shoes qualifier, and I get very, um, I get very infatuated and starstruck by some of these horses. And uh, I mean, my eyes were shining on Saturday, and I have a feeling that this is just going to be as exciting for the finals, and I am really, really looking forward to a big showdown. Rick, let's uh, let's throw this next question at you, because obviously, you know, as a race secretary, you put together more overnights than anything, but then, of course, you put together stakes races, and I know Mike Carter kind of asked you about how what it, what it's like to put these together, but what is, what are the for, for people out there that don't really know exactly the inner workings of a race office, what's different in putting together a stakes race versus uh, putting together an overnight? Well, obviously, uh, the main thing is, like, the, the order to get the, the bigger purses for events like this, there's payments that have to be made in um, a, a certain period of time, and uh, so you have to make sure that you get the uh, word out as to what you're having and what the uh, estimated purses are, or in our case, they're all guaranteed, which is a little unusual for a lot of stake races. Usually they uh, estimate it. And, um, and you're just going to make sure that uh, you get all the payments in and uh, you go from there. Yeah, and that's something that I think a lot of people kind of don't get is that a lot of these races – are paid into way ahead of time, like 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 even the Hambletonian or the Hambletonian Oaks, or so forth. So you kind of, if you're you know a trainer or a horseman, and, you know you, you kind of got to put your money where your mouth is right away oh, a lot absolutely. of times. And, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, actually, our races are pretty much like what we call early closes, to which they they just make the payments during the actual year of the race, as opposed to a stake race where they start when they're like uh, when they're born. And that's when they make the first nomination for those stake races. Absolutely. So it's, a bit, it's a little bit more of an advantage for the horsemen as far as that goes for payments. Right, right. Jim, let's uh, let's get back to uh, some of the action on the racetrack. We talked a little bit about uh, the big race, uh, or one of the big races, uh, the Ben Franklin. We talked a little bit about Lather Up. I thought that was uh, just a great job by Bontra. I mean, this horse seemed like he's he goes so fast that sometimes he can have a tough time navigating the turns. But uh, Mick Wicked, and, uh, once again, last year from the Breeders' Crown, lonely on the lead. He certainly was. <laughs> and uh, But I'll tell you what, there's, uh, and I don't know if we want to call it a chink in the armor yet, but uh, you know, he's only won one of three this year. I mean, obviously, I don't think we've seen the best out of McWicked here in 2019. Do we see it come Saturday? It'll be interesting to see, Mike, because I, I don't know how much stock you can put in that elimination race just because the fractions were so slow. I mean, you give a horse like Lather up. Yes, he came back and beat him, but, but I mean, I, I was frankly surprised that McWicked passed him uh, because the fractions were so slow. So Lather up really had a built-in advantage. I would be shocked if you get fractions like that because, I mean, we haven't mentioned the horses from the other elimination. I mean, you have Western fame. I mean, he's the Levy champ. 
I mean, Simon Allard has won this race a bunch of times before. Excuse me, Renee Allard has won this race a bunch of times mm-hmm. before, has Dan Dubay. Um, so, so, you know, they're going to be a major factor. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for a sleeper in that race, I think the other Allard trainee, Springsteen, who came up as a 15-to-1 upset winner last year in the Hemp, and is kind of lying low in this field. He was closing very well in the elimination, and that was his first start of the year. He almost got to lather up. He passed McWicket. He almost got to lather up. So I think that's one. If the pace gets out of control, uh, he's going to be flying up there. But certainly McWicked, if he gets his trip, I don't think you can put too much stock in what we've seen too far from him, too, uh, so far from him. Uh, it, it, that race is going to be fun. Uh, that, that, I mean, it's just going to be, you know, horses throwing haymakers at each other, and, and whoever kind of is the last one standing is, is going to come out as the champion. That's Absolutely. right, and Western Fame for... is the and Western Fame is the five to two favorite. By the way, now Jimmy, do you you do the morning line there, right? I do, I do. Okay, okay, that's that was going to be kind of my next question because obviously when <laughs> you get in these big stake races, you know the morning line. It's a, in my opinion, it is maybe next to race secretary the most thankless job in the in the industry uh, because you know i mean when's the last time you heard somebody say wow what a great morning line that was you only kind of hear about yeah. it when you know maybe you're off a little bit but uh you know western fame five to two morning line and i i gotta say i agree jim i mean with if you compare the form of both of those uh two horses in 2019 i think western fame's got a slight edge yeah, and you have to remember, Michael, for those people who don't understand, and, you know, and I, I say this over and over again for newcomers to the track, the morning line is not an attempt to pick the winner. It is an attempt to mimic the wagering of, you know, the, the, the betters, you know. So, so my goal is, you know, obviously, you know, probably not going to get it right at 5-2. to two. I, I don't like to make them too heavy a favor because I, I don't like to discourage betting. But, you know, if, if Western Fame is the first choice and McWicket is the second choice and Lather Up is the third choice, then I've done my job well. But it is so difficult because, you know, you're trying to get into the psyche of betters, and, and that, that is a very difficult thing. So, you know, I always say it's much easier calling the race than making the morning line odds. And, and you know, obviously the odds are going to change anyway once people start betting. But I do try to make them as accurate as possible. And I, I give full credit to Rick because, you know, he, you know, he put these, these cards together. And, you know, in the past, you know, to be one horse and everybody else kind of bat, you know, battling for seconds. But, you know, the cards that he put together, I mean, it, it has made it difficult to make the morning last because there are just so many fantastic horses in there. So, so my hat's off to him for doing that because, you know, it's just created, like he said, one exciting, thrilling night of racing at Pocono. It should be a blast. Yeah, certainly. And uh, before we let you guys go, Jen, uh, one final time, give us uh, the day and the time and uh, maybe uh, a couple of things we can expect come Saturday. Well, post time is 7 o'clock, and before we even get underway with this spectacular card, we have a chance to meet uh, NFL great Dan Marino at 5 o'clock in the racing lobby, and that is a wristband event with wristbands at 1 o'clock. So we do have that great feature. Also, there's a great giveaway getting you ready for the pool, the beach. We have beach towel giveaway, so grab your program, and there will be a coupon in the program, and the coupons will be in the program starting at 5 o'clock, and you could redeem those a little bit later in the evening so it's a great night for everybody to come out and enjoy racing events just get together with your friends and have some fun and and i do want to remind everybody our rainbow pick five is up to thirty four thousand three fifty eight sixty nine. so that's the last five races on the card and everybody have some fun with the rainbow pick five on saturday all right that sounds good rick you got anything else to add my friend 
Well, I'm going to say, like, for going for a half million, I don't think, uh, and 300,000, I don't think you'd see any easy fractions in these races. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And, and I think I think Jimmy said it best, especially in that 11th race, they're going to be throwing haymakers at each other. <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys, listen, we very much appreciate it. And uh, listen, it's a big card coming up on Saturday. You guys really, really do a heck of a job. And uh, we will see you Saturday night at 7 p.m. Mike, That's before I so go, much. one, more, one, one yes. more prediction, Mike, before I go, Carter will know only about 20% of the music that is being played on the PA because there's very little Ariana Grande. Uh, so so that, that's my, that is a prediction you can take to the bank. Hey, listen, if it's not Luke Bryan, I don't know it, okay? <laughs> there you go. Uh... Guys, thanks for having me. All right, Thank guys, you. be good. All right, that was the uh, dynamic trio <laughs> of uh, Jim Bavilio. Uh, Jennifer Starr and Rick Kane. Always a pleasure to have on, Mike. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're always fun to have on, and it's always fun to have the music lover and Jim Viglion. We still have a joke, a running joke that I don't know who a lot of their bands are, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We need to hire their sound guy, apparently, though. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you, and I, and I know that. Uh, you know, I, I push his book a lot, but I really, really like the book, the, the 80s. So, I mean, you, you know, I, you, I know you're probably not too big of an 80s guy. I know you're like a Actually, like kind bad. of a – well, you're like a modern country type, you oh, know. Wow. That, that's kind of your take. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong. I'm, I'm starting to like it a little bit. But, um, but you know, the 80s, I think, meant a lot music-wise to a lot of people. And the work that Jim did uh, to – get all these musicians, you know, producers. I mean, it was, you could just tell by reading the book that it was a labor of love for Jim to do. And, and, uh, if any, if anybody, you know, likes reading or whatever, please make sure you get it. It's on Amazon. It's, uh, uh, I, you know, playing back the eighties, I think, or something like that, but, but I have it. And you know what, Saturday, I think I'm going to go take it and get it signed. Well, well, here's the thing, Mike. It's one of those things that I'm glad to see that there are other hobbies of announcers and things of that sport. It's really cool if you dive into some of the announcers, the sport of harness racing, um, what kind of hobbies they're in. Look at John Horn. He works in mm-hmm. Cooperstown, of all places. Yeah. Cooperstown. How cool would that be? That is very cool. The Baseball Hall of Fame, of course. Right. That's what I mean. And so you, you get to see these guys who do, you know, who do these little hobby things. I umpire Little League Baseball. I mean, it, it, it's different types of things that, you know, we do outside of the sport of harness racing that we can kind of use to bring new people into the sport of harness racing. No doubt. All right. We got lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. How about the Hall of Famer, Dave Miller? He is in the on deck circle. Blunts are going to hear from Aaron's Ratliff and much, much more. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Back in a moment. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is big, fat, folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for more info. 
The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, Jim Baviglia disappears and you play different music. I like it. Yeah, how about that? Well, you know, you, you know I know Jim <laughs> likes some of the older 70s stuff like Jackson Brown. And, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, how. Well, but, well, put it to you this way. I know he's up to date on his music. There's probably not a song that you can play that he wouldn't know what the name of it is. Probably should you know if, you, if that old game show name that tune? Wouldn't it be great to have a partner like Jim Bavigli on that show? Oh, it'd be amazing because I wouldn't know any of it. I'd just I'd let him uh, let him carry me. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, enough enough clowning around. We're gonna bring in the Buckeye David Miller now and. Dave, a big weekend coming up for you at the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. But first, we I know a lot of people are checking out our program and wanting to know about the filly that you qualified the other day and knocked down, drag out. Tell us a little bit about her and uh, what you thought of her. Hello? Dave, you there? Yeah, well, I'm, it, it's my phone. You, you guys went out there. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. uh, the uh, Sebastian K. Silly of uh, Andrew Harris, is, um, she went really well. I mean, she went really fast, probably uh, the fastest uh, trotting filly I've set behind this year. Um, she was really, really too excited um, about her work, but um, she showed a lot of potential. Yeah, she was. Uh, you know, we did the the qualifiers from the from the gate on Facebook Live, and uh, you know, and like I was saying, for people that don't know, here at Harris Philly, we take the two year olds one time around before we actually start, and and uh, she was really snug up on the gate. I mean, the whole entire time. I mean, like she was. It just seemed like she was really interested and really focused, and uh, you know, I, I think that's probably something special to look for in a two year old, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh. You know, I I, uh, I I was really impressed with her. Um, she might have been just a bit too excited, you know. Like they, I think they have to uh, 
learn to relax and it, it kind of helps them to uh, conserve their energy. But, um, you know, first time there, she was, she was pretty excited. And uh, so, um, like I said, she, she's got a real good future, you know, but we're going to have to be able to uh, sell her chest a bit. I, I would, I would think. David, one other topic real quick. Let's talk about Clinton Raceway. Uh, you had to duel down the stretch to win it, but you were able to win the Legends Day Trot. This is the second year that you headed out to Clinton Raceway for this race. Talk about what it's like to kind of go out there, what the crowd is like, and uh, what it felt like to win. Uh, it's it's great. It's a great atmosphere, you know. I mean, uh, the people the people there, are they're so into harness racing, and uh, obviously they're fans of the drivers, and uh, – you know, to uh, to get invited out there to me, it, it's a it, it's a real honor to do it. You know, and and uh, like I said, they, they just can't be any any better than what they are up there. And uh, you know, actually, to win the race was uh, a real uh, <laughs> a real real proud of that. You know, I, I looked up to all those guys I was racing with when I was getting started and growing up. You know, and uh, you know, I get to get to get with get with them and race with them. It, it's uh it's pretty exciting for me, you know, and uh yeah, it's a lot of fun. Dave, let's talk a little bit about coming up uh Saturday, big racing at the Downs of Oegan Sun Pocono. You've got three five hundred thousand dollar races, one three hundred thousand dollar race, and that's the uh, event we'll touch on first, the James Lynch Memorial, a horse that you're very familiar with, zero tolerance. She draws post two, obviously You've got the War We Butte on the inside of you and from post five, Treacherous Rain. Tell us a little bit about the Zero Tolerance and uh, how, she, how you felt she raced in her elimination. Um, she's come back really good this year. You know, we've been uh, just basically keeping her on the New York circuit. And uh, uh, last week was her first uh, time on the Grand Circuit. And uh, um, she got raced kind of hard. You know, she admit she had, was coming into the race like on a couple week uh, layoff. So I, I think. I, I was happy the way she raced. I, I she finished third, but uh, um, I'm thinking she's going to be sharper this week. So uh, we got a good spot and got a few options there. She's pretty handy and pretty versatile. She does about anything I need her to do, and uh, um, I think we're all right. We're going to be good there. The next we'll talk about proof, Dave, and you drive a lot for trainer Brian Brown. Proof has won two straight. He's come back strong thus far in 2019. It's really kind of cool to watch how these horses progress from two to three years old, obviously with second to Captain Crunch in the Breeders' Crown final, but uh, has really been racing well leading up to the hemp. What do you make of him? Yeah, I, I, was, I was totally impressed with him the other night. I, I uh he he's been he's been a top level horse all along, you know. And uh, the other night he uh, took another step forward there. I I was uh, I was actually shocked, you know. He he raced really good. He cleared, you know, at the head of the lane, and uh, I, I I just let him coast in on his own there. And uh, I thought it would I thought he would go a mile like around forty nine and two. When I flashed on forty eight one, I was like I, I was shocked, you know, that he went that much that easy. So uh, he's really. Uh, really stepped his game up <laughs> the old boy has you know uh back on um the 26th of may here at harris philadelphia he was second favorite to captain crunch in that pennsylvania sire stakes race and and uh, i even noticed it, it just seemed like he never got comfortable in that particular race three starts back it looked like he was throwing his head a little bit and uh what actually happened there dave it's it's the funniest thing and it, it's it's uh it's really kind of a freak thing he had 
a piece of plastic stuck in the roof of his mouth, kind of like over by his tooth hmm. area. So I don't know if he fit, fit into something or how that got lodged in there. But, yes, that day there, from the time he left the paddock till he made a break, he was throwing his head. I couldn't steer him. He was throwing his head. I mean, he was just really, really uncomfortable with his with his mouth. And, I mean, to the point where he threw his head so much he took off running. And, uh, you know, I, I was puzzled. Brian didn't know what was going on. And they had the uh, the tooth doctor come in the next day. And, uh, yes, they found it. It's, it's shocking that it, it, he had a piece of plastic wedged in the the roof of his mouth there. I mean, uh, I don't even know how he, how he uh, got it there. Boy, very interesting. That just kind of goes to show you that you never know yeah. what can <laughs> happen yeah, during the never, course of a harness race, you know? Yeah, something is something is, as crazy as that. So, yeah, they got that out, and uh, he's won his next two races. So there you go. Yeah, and he and he certainly did. He bounced back really good. Let's uh, move along to the uh, Ben Franklin. Obviously, some very good horses in here. I mean, McWicked and uh, you know uh, uh, Western Fame. This is the plan. Springsteen. Uh, it's just some great horse in there. Lather up impressively. You've got Beckham Zetam, of course, Breeders' Crown champion from a few years back. Tell us a little bit about what you know about him. Um, last week was the first time I ever got to drive him, and. Uh... I liked him a lot. Uh, he was real handy. Uh, he had the rail, and I, he got off the gate really nice and uh, set a three-hole to uh, Western fame. And uh, I think this is the plan. And uh, he raced, raced really, really well. I was happy with him. I had a choice in there between him and me so fast. And uh, I, I, I went with this horse just because, uh, well, his post. And uh, like I said, I was happy the way he raced last week. And Dave, let's talk a little bit about Swandre the Giant. This will be the first time that you've driven this Colt, and you know you get you get post number eight, but he raced pretty well in the Beal elimination. Uh, you know, sat the two hole before tiring a little bit in the stretch. What do you make of Swandre the Giant coming into this race? Well, I'm 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 happy just to get the drive. Uh, he he's kind of got a he's kind of you know he's in a tough spot. He's got the eight hole with. Uh, um, a really, really stacked field of horses there. So, uh, like I said, I was happy to get the get the call on him, get to drive him, and uh, I, I I know a little bit about the horse just watching him race. So uh, I, I I think he's a big will be competitive in there. Um, just going to have to get a bit lucky, I believe. Dave, listen, you're a Hall of Famer. You've uh, won pretty much all the big races. I mean, you've won a ton of races. You've made a ton of money. Do you still get butterflies for nights like this coming up? Um, well, I'd, I'd probably be lying to you if I said I didn't. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's always it's always nice to uh, get to race in those races, and uh, I, I, I still I still enjoy it. You know, I still I still look forward to it. All right. Well, you've got. Listen, you, we better let you go because you've got a jam-packed day of racing here at Harris, Philadelphia. So you're pretty much in every race here this afternoon, uh, up to race number twelve. So listen, we'll let you go. But certainly, good luck today at Harris, Philly. We'll see you out in the track in a few minutes, and of course, best of luck to you come Saturday, my friend. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, that's the Hall of Famer, Dave Miller. But Mike, always a treat to have Dave on the program. And and uh, you know, how about that? I mean, that's good stuff. <laughs> 
what he was talking about proof three starts back because he was here against Captain Crunch in that uh, Pennsylvania Sire Stakes race. And, I mean, from the booth, you could tell right away that something was not right with proof. I mean, he was just throwing his head, never got comfortable, and and, and a piece of plastic gets stuck in his in his mouth. I mean, th- that's that's good stuff. That's stuff that you would never know or you can't ever know by reading you know, just a charted line. Well, like you said, anything can happen in a harness race, and it will. And it's really kind of crazy that something like that could could even happen. But think about this for a minute, Mike. You know, they've the bit in their mouth. You know, that's what the drivers use to steer. So if anything like that was to cause a problem, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be painful. And, you know, it, it's a wonder that uh, he didn't break, um, you know, break for longer in the race. And so, you know, it's it's always puzzling for trainers like Brian Brown, Ron Burke, and Jimmy Tactor when you have a horse that all of a sudden, just for whatever reason, throws in a clunker like that, and then to go back and find out that it was a piece of plastic, wow. You know, here's a kind of an unrelated question, because we both like the handicap, okay? We we do it, well, we do it pretty much every day on the OntarioRacing.com, cheap plunk. You can find our analysis for uh, Canada <laughs> Tracks on uh, OntarioRacing.com. But, uh, but a question, though, um, not ahead of time handicapping. When you're at a racetrack, okay, and when you're handicapping, um, and you see on the television screens, on the TV monitors, the scroll of equipment changes that go by, do you put any stock into them? Do you pay any attention to them at yeah. all as a handicapper or no? Yes, absolutely. In fact, you know, I think every track should be required to put the equipment changes up on the television screen because you I mean, let me give you a prime example. When a horse races with and without shoes, um, Mm. you know, that that's a that's a pretty big change. You know, if their feet are stinging them or whatever, you know, and they got to pull all four shoes or they decide to pull all, all four shoes that can make some horses more versatile. So I think that equipment changes definitely should be um definitely should be given out. And I put uh, a little bit of stock into them for short. There's a lot of things that, and I'll admit, I mean, you know, we're on separate sides of the business. I mean, as far as, you know, when you're an announcer or a chart writer or you do what you do versus, you know, horsemen actually on track and tact and what they do. And I have to admit, there's a lot of times where they'll be scrolling and we scroll here at Harris Philly um, there'll be a lot of times where I'll see something like a piece of equipment through that scroll, and I won't even know what it is yeah. or what it's for a lot of times. I feel like you know we as an industry could do a better job of explaining what you know each piece of equipment is and what exactly it does, and mm-hmm. you know it, it could maybe it could be even be like a program insert type of thing. You sure. know the most common things you would see. Um, on the racetrack, like I didn't know what a shady daisy was for a long time until I believe it was Dudes the Man uh, wore one, and I'm like, what in the world is that thing? And somebody told me it's a shady daisy. It's to help, uh, you know, with shadows and things of that sort. So, you know, there's things like that you see, and you're like, wow, what is that? And it's just impressive. And a lot of times too, you've got horses, especially like here, Harris Philly during the day, Pocono Meadowlands at Yonkers at night. You yep. see a lot of these trainers make equipment changes to adjust to racing during the day as opposed to racing at night because, you know, during the day you've, you've got more shadows because of the sun, you know. So, I mean, a lot of little things I think that you can pay attention. And, and the way I look at it is, Mike, as a handicapper, I want 
whatever kind of edge I can possibly get. Okay. For sure. And if you do the work, you know, and if you pay attention to every little thing, you know, you might be able to have an edge where the person that's just simply reading the program, you know, doesn't have the same information as you do. This is an information driven game. If you're going to be successful wagering on horses, too much information, you know, you can't never have enough. You can't ever have too much information. Never, right. never, ever, ever can you have too much information because it might sway your opinion, but it might sway it in a good way. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, that goes for watching horses warm up. I mean, there have been times, Mike, and, and I know there have been times when you're live on track and see come, being on track has its advantages. Okay. I'm sure there have been times where you have seen horses uh, that are warming up and you're like, wow, you know, totally jumps at your eye. I mean, just to- totally grabs your eye. Okay, and then you may look at him on the program, and you're like, well, you know, I mean, he doesn't really look very good on the program, but then he turns around and wins. How many times, and this is a good example, how many times have, you know, me and you been talking, or we've all been kind of talking in a group, and you say, man, that horse looks amazing on the racetrack. Uh, I'll give you a prime example, the Camelot Classic last year. Me and Garnet were sitting at our table and Rock and Ron was flying around that racetrack warming up, and we're all sitting there going, wow, look how good this horse looks. Uh, I think at the time he was like 2-1 to one or 3-1 to one or something like that. He wound up going off the favorite somewhere around even money. But we were sitting there just in amazement as to how good he looked on the racetrack, and sure enough, he popped up and won the race. So I, I agree with you. You know, you got to look at all those things. And, you know, Jen Starr made a comment earlier. There's nothing that beats an on-track experience. I think that's one of the things that an on-track experience gives you, Mike, is a little bit of an advantage because you can see all the horses warming up. You can see them all scoring down. Um, a lot of times you can see them a couple of races ahead of time mm-hmm. uh, when they're, you know, warming up and things. You know, maybe they look a little off. And you're like, man, you know, do I really want to bet this horse, you know, four races from now? Um, or am I going to try to beat him? So, you know, it, it's really the on-track experience. You still can't beat it. All right. Still lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Ayers Ratliff is in the on-deck circle, and we're going to talk uh, some Cleveland Classic coming up at Northfield Park, and we'll see what's going on with theirs, plus much more. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8787. 
Extension 5555. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is bigger than folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for more info. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, as we get ready to talk the 2019 Cleveland Trotting Classic, and we're joined now by the track announcer at Northfield Park, Ayers Ratliff. Ayers, how's it going this morning? How's it going there, guys? All right. Well, listen, you guys have a fantastic stakes race coming up on a Saturday night. It's the $175,000 Cleveland Trotting Classic, and it is an invitational race uh, that was set up by uh, Dave and uh, all you guys in the race office. Talk about kind of what goes into setting up these invitational races, airs, and uh, what you're looking forward to coming up Saturday. Well, I tell you, my opinion is, is that a race by invitation that uh, Dave Bianconi has kind of switched all of our Grand Circuit events to was an ingenious move because it doesn't limit you to horses that are staked there. And you can always ensure you have a full field and you have a lot of control over who's in that field. And, you know, if you look at the Battle of Lake Erie that happened earlier this month and you look at the Cleveland Trotting Classic, you can see that we are, you know, able to get the best of the best um, and really put together some just amazing races. Mike? Okay, I think we lost Mike there for a second. Ayers, talk to us uh, promotional-wise. What's uh, what's in store for the fans coming up on Saturday night? We know that uh, you guys have a lot going on this coming Saturday. Uh, what can the fans expect? 
So not only is there really good racing on the even on the undercard of the Cleveland Classic, there's some uh, there's several opens. There's Ohio Sire Stakes as well. Um, but then the fanfare includes we're having a hat uh, giveaway. They get a coupon for a match play for a wager. They get a coupon for a free program that can be used on any Friday. Um, as we are now going to be starting to race on Fridays, we're going to have food trucks uh, there on hand. We've got a couple games going on with a ball toss and um, another game as well. And, you know, just, you know, a lot happening trackside. We've got live music happening out there too. And, you know, it's just going to be a fun and, a, and exciting evening. Uh, Mike Bozich here, as uh, you know, you mentioned the Battle of Lake Erie, and uh, listen, you've been the track announcer at Northfield for how long now have you been the track announcer there? It's got to uh, be going on 10 years, years, right? About 12 years now. 12 yes, years. it's about 12 now. All right, so you've basically done 12 Battle of Lake Erie's. Uh, you know, we had, I know we had Dave on before the battle, but uh, let's talk to you a little bit about the battle. What were your thoughts of the of the Battle of Lake Erie? You know, um, Honestly, I thought it was a really good race. It's, uh, you know, equals the uh, fastest race that we've ever had. So obviously, you know, speed is not an issue at our track. Um, you know, it was um, that horse that won that none better is way better than I had anticipated. I had not seen him personally race before. And I mean, he is a monster. Uh, since he won at our place, he's went up and won again, which I believe makes him now six in a row, if I'm not mistaken. It's, um, it's something like that. You know, and, and here's the funny thing, Ares, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but he raced here the week before at Harris, Philadelphia, and it was, I believe it was an overnight event. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, I, I kind of didn't like him in the battle because he was really all out to, uh, to hold off, you know, the upper condition level overnight horses here. And uh, now, you know, to his credit, he stayed on, but, I mean, he had to be driven to do so. So I kind of didn't like him in the battle, but I'll tell you, I'll be the first to admit, he certainly proved me wrong. You know, he um, you know, he went in 49, which is, again, ties the fastest race we've ever had in our 60-some-year history of being a track. And he even stumbled a little bit in the stretch. Like, he would have went 48-4 and four or so if he wouldn't have stumbled in the stretch, which is, you know, just an amazing mile. Um and, you know, I mean, to, for a horse to win like six in a row, um, beating a lot of times some of the best of the best that the sport has to offer, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just amazing that you can keep a horse that sharp for that long. And, um, you know, some horses just like people have wills to win and find, find ways to win, even, you know, even if maybe they weren't at the top of their game on a particular day like he was at your place, um, but still found a way to win, although – you know, he wasn't as good as he was the, his start after at our place. Now, Ayers, let's kind of talk about the Cleveland Trotting Classic a little bit. Of the eight contenders, three of them are mares. How impressive is that in its own right? Uh, you've got Westland Dancer in post two. You've got Emoticon Hanover in post three. And, of course, Plunge Blue Chip to the outside. But you guys have put together a fantastic field, including 2018 champion Marion Marauder. You know, yeah, and, you know, and although he's – um kind of lightly raced last year, but, you know, he did finish first or second 10 out of 14 times. Um, and, you know, one of those being a Cleveland Classic win. He's only raced once this year. And I tell you, it was not a race that, uh, you know, was great. He had the nine hole parked every step of the mile, um, you know, and on a very, very fast back half of 55, which, you know, who's going to close on that? Um, and, you know, he still was making up ground when he got beat by four and a half lengths, trotted home in 27 flat. Um, you know, I think this being his second start off of a layoff, had a couple of nice qualifying tighteners, he should be ready to roll. 
Um, you know, and in fact, I did my tip sheet last night. That's who that I picked to win. Um, you know, you don't earn uh, $3.1 million because you're slow. And, you know, I think he's going to show that he is back on top, and I, I, I picked him to win again. Visiting with Harris Ratliff, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you get these horses that are making their first, second, third starts of the year, and you really have to expect them to move forward, uh, you know, from those efforts. But, uh, you know, this is a pretty deep field. I mean, you've got uh, Guardian Angel oh, on from the side, and obviously he's just been on fire. You've got, uh, you know, winning three of four this year. Emoticon Hanover uh, is always a threat, in my opinion. He draws well. Jody Jameson's in to drive him. And, uh, you know, even a horse like Plunge Blue Chip, I mean, you've got a lot of horses here that are capable of winning this race yes. with their best efforts. And that's what makes it, to me, a, a pretty interesting race. Me, another super uh, interesting horse is this musical rhythm, um, who's one that, you know, he's seven. It doesn't look like he's really staked anything, and there's not a lot of really stake opportunities for horses like him. Uh, so, you know, this is why I'm glad that places like us offer races like this, because it still gives a horse like musical rhythm who, you know, is just dominant in the preferred ranks up in, up in Canada, which is a, a tough place to compete day in and day out and he's got what six six wins in a row himself um you know and you start winning the preferreds up there and even you know being less than less than one to one um you know time after time after time um you know you got to be one heck of a trotter to carry stats like that now, Ayers, uh, let's talk about the driving colony that gets to drive in this race. Obviously, Ronnie Wren, Chris Page, and Aaron Merriman all show up in this race. You even have Brett Miller, who recently moved to Ohio. How cool of an opportunity is this for some of the local guys? Uh, we've seen Ryan Stahl driving a couple of these big races. We've seen Kurt Sugg driving a couple of these big races. How, how much of an opportunity is that for them? You know, I don't know about for Aaron and Ronnie. I think that, uh, you know, one, I you know, I we're we're lucky that they have elected to make Northville Park their home. I think they're extremely talented drivers who can drive with anybody in the country. Um, and, you know, they, although they are stay kind of local, Aaron between Pennsylvania and Ohio, and Ronnie pretty much in Ohio and doesn't travel out near as much as Aaron, um, they get a lot of national attention. I mean, Aaron's been the leading driver in North America, what, the last four years? And Ronnie was the leading driver in there one of those years too i don't have the years uh, right off the top of my head but you know they get a lot of national attention and they get it because they deserve it and they win races and they know and they know how to drive and you know however every driver in here is an extremely good driver i mean you know i mean i wouldn't if i owned a horse i wouldn't care to have any of these guys on mine so it's um you know it's a it's a great driving race and a um a great talent for the horses and the drivers as well no question about it. There's one more question from me. Uh, you know, calling. We've just been talking that you've been calling for 12 years now, and you've had a chance to call a lot of big races at Northfield Park. Do you still get some butterflies when uh, you know a couple minutes uh, to post before a big race like this? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, calling my first big race that I ever called was my very first battle, and um, you know, it was. I mean, extremely nervous before that. And the nice thing is, is that 12 years later, I still get butterflies before the big ones. Um, you know, I call uh, my fair share of races in our sport, and you know, you still you still have a special feeling before one of the one of the big ones while that they're going to the gate. It's a, uh, you know, it's just fun. It's fun when 
your place is packed of you know people and you can hear is still a roar of the crowd at Northfield Park we're still able to attract a really big crowd on these big days and um you know feel feel lucky to be where that I'm at and to call the races that I do for sure all right, Ayers. Well, listen, we know you got a busy day ahead of you, a busy weekend coming up. And, uh, look, I'm looking forward to being out there Saturday night. First post is 6 o'clock. We'll see you on Saturday. Absolutely. See you guys. Have a good one. All right. The uh, track announcer at Northfield Park, Ayers Ratliff. And, you know, Ayers is not only a great announcer, Mike, but a wonderful individual, a fantastic guy. I've had the pleasure of working with him for the past, let's see, I was at Buffalo for uh, two years. I was at Northfield for almost three so what about six or seven years he's in my wedding uh to say the least and uh but uh, what an amazing individual airs is and, and you know what in in like you say he's a great individual he but he has really turned into one of the finest track announcers in the country i mean he's really really a very good announcer and what i like about airs is that he's got he has really carved out a unique style for himself. And, yep. you know, I, I, I love listening to him, enjoy listening to him. And uh, he really brings it with these for the big races. I mean, he, I think he's been nominated for Race Call of the Year pretty much every year we've had it, right? Yeah, it's interesting because every year, one of the three uh, big races that they have, it always produces something, whether it's Bit of a Legend or Marion Marauder or. A couple years ago, uh, they had Down by the Seaside um, versus Fear the Dragon. Right. wound up being a huge race. So, you know, it, it's just amazing the type of miles that we're able to see on this racetrack, and Ayers is able to bring that to us. And, you know, he's not one to go over the top, but he's one to deliver a perfect race call. Yeah, no question about it. I really enjoy listening to his race calls. Uh, and I enjoy listening to your race calls when you fill it over there at Northfield Park, too. Oh, right? thanks. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. Would, you, that. would you give Garnett a shout out the other day? Is that what all the hubbub was about? Yep, King and Ace. I gave him a shout out. Uh, I said, as they turn into the stretch and face King and Ace, uh, here they come. And so, you know, <laughs> right. we, you got to give them a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. All right, we'll tell you what, we're going to wrap this thing up because my replays are rolling, Mike. I, I, you know, I, we both got to get to work. We're busy. You got to work. Bees. What's that? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to wrap it up when we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. All right, we're back at this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bed America. Special thanks to all of our guests 
for coming on the program. Don't forget some great shows coming up over the next couple of weeks. We'll have an announcement about the Hall of Fame coming up next week. We'll also be at the Meadowlands Pace on July 13th. We'll see everybody back here. First post at 1030 next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol to finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay. Yeah.